live from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to get fact-checked. Access granted. What is up, good people? Welcome to week eight of the legislative session. You have got Jared Courtney and Amir with another episode of Fact Check. You gotta hey, say everybody. what's up. How we doing, y'all? We are feeling good. Uh, there's an energy in the building right now. You know, we're tired, we're bloodied, but yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're still up here fighting uh, against preemption uh, and for all of our, our counties and home rule back home. Um, so we will kind of get right into the swing of things, you know. Uh, with a very familiar face, once again, the gift that keeps on giving, uh, that is term limits, and this one might be trending in the right direction, uh, so we are cautiously optimistic, but I will let Courtney tell you guys a little bit more. Courtney, what's going on there? Yeah, thanks, Jared. Uh, this bill actually has quite a few moving parts this week. Um, the Senate bill did need to be heard in its last committee this week, which it was. Um, it was on the calendar for Senate rules on Monday. Um, and along with that, it took a very large delete everything amendment that uh, changed quite a few things for non-charter counties for each charter county without term limits and for each charter county with permits longer than eight consecutive years we'll now have to hold a referendum election that coincides with the 2024 general election to determine if the term limits shall be imposed on their county commissioners um, one key difference here is that for those charter counties that hold the 12-year term limits uh, the question will actually say, uh, you know, you guys already have 12-year term limits, do you want to go down to those eight-year term limits? Um, whereas on every other ballot for non-charter and uh, charter counties without term limits, it will just say, do you want to go to eight consecutive years? This amendment did make a good clarification that we needed. Uh, if you have been in office in a 12-year term limit charter county uh, and you are re-elected in November 5th of 2024, you will get to serve all 12 years that you originally ran under. But if you get voted in and you were not already there, you will only get to hold those eight if your charter does back down to 12. Um, the House bill by Representative Salzman uh, is waiting to be heard on the House floor, um, and so is the Senate version. It's waiting to be heard on the House floor. So uh, hopefully we don't see either of those make it to the floor, but that's what's going on in that world. Absolutely, Courtney. This is a decision that's going to come down to kind of top-down leadership and what they want to do. Uh, it seems like right now there's a lot of internal friction on how to handle some of these things. We saw two Republican senators vote against the bill. That was Senator Hooper. Uh, shout out to Commissioner Renee Flowers for, you know, talking up her, her delegation member there. Uh, and then <laughs> Senator Burton, who's part of Polk County, uh, and they currently have 12-year term limits, so this bill would kind of preempt them on that and what the voters decided there right. a few years back. Uh, we will just have to monitor this one. We did receive a, a, a Shorsh bomb from Florida Politics, Peter Shorsh, the other day, saying that what he's hearing is that this bill is dead. This is the time of year that we see a lot of subterfuge, a lot of weird stuff going on at the last minute, the 11th hour. Uh, and so, you know, we're cautiously optimistic, but we're definitely still um, kind of keeping our head on a swivel here. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to pivot over to Amir uh, to talk about another one we've seen a lot of, uh, that is mobility fees. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday, uh, House Bill 479, uh, sponsored by Rep. Robinson, was successfully passed off the House floor. Um, to do a little recap, this bill seeks to re revise transportation development funding systems, including impact fee calculations and requirements for alternative transportation systems. More specifically here, um, and this is where we had a problem with the bill since its inception, um, like Jared mentioned before, roads don't 
occur in a vacuum. There's a lot of uh, overlay. But now we see the House bill has moved over to the Senate messages and it has been referred to the Senate Rules Committee. Um, this bill also has a companion bill, uh, SB 688 by Senator Martin, which was placed on special order calendar and it's going to be heard early next week. Yeah, I, I think what we wanted to get out of this bill is just some clarification that if there's a city collecting mobility fees um, for a road system that might include uh, a decent amount of mileage of county roads, we want to make sure we're getting our cut of this thing. Uh, and, and so we've been working with a handful of other stakeholders here, and we, we seem to have come to a point uh, where we're comfortable with the language, um, but you know we'll just have to keep watching this one going forward. Another kind of tricky bill this session is House Bill 433 by Representative Esposito. Uh, she has been relentless on this thing so far. Um, this has, again, a handful of preemptions, uh, and there's been a long line of uh, opposition every committee um, from you know public testimony and another number of other stakeholders here. Um, the first preemption deals with uh, preemption of wages and benefits uh, in local contracting. Obviously, we don't like to see that. Uh, the second one initially preempted counties on the terms and conditions of labor and employment. And the third preemption here is a preemption of the regulation of heat uh, in the workplace. Uh, so this deals with water breaks, a certain amount of shade, that sort of thing. Uh, the state seems to be willing to defer to OSHA on this one. There's a stipulation in place uh, that if OSHA does not provide heat exposure, you know, regulations or guidelines by I believe 2028, um, then the state will step in and pass their own set of regulations on that matter. This bill is on the agenda uh, for today, Friday, March 1st. Uh, as of the time of recording, it has not been heard yet. We are expecting this one to pass the House, but where this gets interesting is kind of the distinction between the House and Senate bill. The Senate bill by Senator Trumbull does not have either of those first two preemptions on wages in contracting or on you know labor and employment uh, and you know Senator Trumbull was actually asked in committee this past week whether he would be willing to put those those provisions back into the bill um, and, and he said that he was planning on kind of standing tall and, and keeping it as is um, with just that heat preemption uh, but we will just have to see kind of what goes on once this bill is sent in messages over to the Senate. Circling back to Courtney uh, we have had some big developments in the sovereign immunity space. Uh, Courtney what's going on there? Thanks, Jared. Yeah, this bill um, has also had a lot of moving parts this week. Uh, it was heard back up in the Senate Rules Committee on Monday so that it could make it to the Senate floor. Um, during the committee, an amendment was adopted that changed the maximum claim amounts from 300000 to 500000 In previous committees, these claim amounts were 400000 to 600000 uh, This amendment also provided language pertaining to liability limits for the claim and its effective date when the claim incident occurred applied to the claim instead of previously filed language establishing the claim limit to apply to the settled claim date. This bill was supposed to be up on the Senate floor today, Friday, March 1st. Uh, it was temporarily postponed on second reading today. Um, there was an amendment filed by Broder that removed language allowing a subdivision of the state to agree and settle a claim made or judgment rendered against it in excess of the waiver provided without further action by the legislature. This amendment also removed language prohibiting a party from lobbying against any agreed upon settlement brought to the legislature in the claims bill process and prohibited an insurance company from 
placing any conditions on the payments of benefits on the enactment of a claim bill. This bill may be dead. Uh, the Senate has an opportunity to hear it next week. Um, the House version never made it through all three of its committees, so it's already dead over there. Unless resurrected. I mean, unless resurrected. <laughs> nothing's dead until it's <laughs> until it's over. But until uh, thank you drops, we yeah. will be keeping a close eye on this one, um, especially with those uh, amendments that were filed that were supposed to be heard today on second reading, because those would make major improvements for us. Doesn't completely fix the bill, but so it puts it in a little bit better shape. We appreciate the update there, Courtney. Amir, another bill we've been following this session has been uh, the millage rate reform. What is the latest on that one? On Thursday, it was heard on the House floor, and this is, again, uh, House Bill 1195 by Rep. Garrison. Uh, to recap, this bill seeks to restrict increases in the millage rate without a two-thirds majority approval from the governing body. Rep. Garrison himself said this is more so coming from a philosophical approach. He hasn't seen really any inconsistencies within local governments when it comes to this. Thanks, Amir. Yeah, important to remember here, obviously, that what we're doing when we're raising that threshold to, to pass a millage increase is we're kneecapping our county's ability to raise revenue for essential services. Uh, and so this is one that we've opposed throughout the cycle so far this session, um, but we'll, we'll just have to see how this one plays out. Again, as of the time of recording, has not passed uh, the House floor yet, but it is on the agenda today. So. One that did pass uh, and with a new look is the occupational licensing reform uh, that we've been working on the last couple years uh, and we are not done working on it. Um, the latest amendment on SB 1142 uh, by Senator Hooper actually kicks out that grandfathering date for voluntary licensure one more year uh, to July 1st, 2025. Um, and, and so this is one that we will continue working with the CILB uh, and, and with you know, the sponsors uh, on hopefully getting some appropriate regulation here. That was quick and painless, uh, so we're going to move right back <laughs> on to Courtney here. Uh, Courtney, uh, I understand there is some uh, some new developments in the public camping and sleeping bill. What's going on there? Last week we saw that very large uh, delete everything amendment that changed the bill around a bit, and this week uh, the House passed it on second and third reading on the House floor, and it's now in Senate messages waiting to be taken up. Uh, it does look like it on the calendar for Monday, so the Senate will most likely hear it on the Senate floor. Uh, while on second reading, an amendment was adopted that pushes the cause of action provision in the bill back until January 1 of 2025, while the rest of the bill will go into effect on October 1st, 2024. So all this means is that the legislature has pushed back uh, the ability to sue us a few months, but still got to create it all. It's big of them. <laughs> so nice of them. Well, thanks, Courtney. Uh, well said. Uh, Mir, sending it right back over to you once again uh, for the latest on that emergency manager qualifications bill. I understand there was uh, a fairly significant amendment uh, and something that we mm -hmm. were kind of fishing for these last few weeks. Uh, so what's the latest there? And this is going to be referring <coughs> to SB 1262. And this has been making its rounds this week. So earlier in the week on Tuesday, we heard this bill in the Senate's Rules Committee. It was passed favorably, but in the same committee, uh, it adopted that big uh, committee substitute where it did um, take away education requirement of the bachelor's degree within the county emergency management director position. Um, this was a big problem prior to this uh, committee substitute a lot of rural and fiscally constrained counties were concerned about um, even having enough 
talent in their talent pool to meet these new requirements and uh, just good to see that has been striked away. So now this builds in a posture that um, our association is, feels more comfortable with. Later in the week, shortly after it was passed in the Rules Committee, this bill was moved to the Senate floor. It was TP'd briefly, um, but now it's been brought back. It's retained on special order calendar, waiting for its date to be... It's waiting for further action. Um, this bill does have a House companion in the form of HB 1567, and it sits in a similar position waiting on special order calendar on the House side. Um, but this one has gained a date to be heard, and that's going to be later in the day today, Friday. Thanks, Amir. Well said. Uh, we're going to wrap up with one more. Uh, that is the PACE bill, which, again, unfortunately has not been heard as of the time of recording. Uh, however, it is on the agenda for today, March 1st. Um, as you all know, the Senate version, uh, SB 770 by Senator Martin, has already passed and is in-house messages. The House is looking to take up uh, the House version, uh, which is HB 927 today. Uh, we're hopeful to see that one get across the finish line, obviously, because it does have the legislative clarification that we have been looking for all session. It would require a PACE program administrator uh, to get authorization from the county or the municipality uh, through an ordinance in order to operate within their boundaries. Uh, and, and so this is just, you know, a response to what we've seen this past year with a certain rogue entity um, going statewide without much oversight. Uh, and, and we're hopeful that this is going to kind of make this statute a little more bulletproof. One thing I will add is that uh, this same legislative clarification has also ended up in the tax collector's package. That's HB 113. As of yesterday, an amendment popped up, um, and this bill was passed off the House floor. It's now in Senate messages. Uh, so in one respect, this is certain, something of an insurance policy uh, for our legislative clarification we've been looking for. Uh, it is, however, in a different part of statute, and we're still kind of having some of our uh, staff and attorneys looking over this just to make sure there's no surprises or, or poison pills here, obviously. But on its surface, th this looks like a, a nice insurance policy. Um, so something to monitor going forward. Uh, again, please refer to Legible um, for any additional details. Uh, by the end of the day, obviously, we'll, we'll have a better sense of what's going on with HB 433 and, and with that pace bill uh, as far as kind of how those played out. Um, right. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to give us a call. Email us. Our mobile office is set up on the fourth floor, so we're fighting hard for you guys, but we're available still. <laughs> we printer are. We are one, yeah, we do have a printer. One printer could say included. we are public camping up there. I, I know. I mean, <laughs> can we sue? <laughs> Are we in a designated area to public camp? <laughs> I don't know. Did I get my permit? <clears throat> we were actually uh, we were making ourselves awfully comfortable up there on the fourth floor of the Capitol. Uh, not only do we have a printer, we tried to bring a table up there just to you know rest our belongings on that sort of thing. Uh, so we're not just you know typing on our lap this whole time. Uh, and Miss Courtney Mooney here got a stern, stern finger wagging uh, from Capitol staff who said, "You can't be bringing your own tables in here." You yes. Know? Um, no so. tables allowed, and uh, the public is also not allowed to have the remote to the TV that was also taken from me. The bureaucracy, uh, it's like so. a DMV in there. Um, but yeah, we are uh, we're fighting hard for you guys. Countdown <laughs> clock reads seven days, um, and we're hopeful to be finishing on time. Uh, which you know, it looks like we're trending in that direction. Um, budget yes. conferences have been 
popping up um, here and there. Uh, and so we've been tracking some of that stuff for you guys. Um, but once again, just refer to Legible, give us a call, come say hello. Uh, we appreciate all the visits from our commissioners this session. It has been instrumental in, in a number of bills, uh, obviously. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, and with that being said, everybody have a great weekend. And we will see you guys next week for our final fact check of the season. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we made All right. it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Take the care, weekend, guys. y'all.